Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. WA Expose, a podcast about local arts by local artists. As always, I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Noongar Budja. Writing an introduction for today's guest quickly turned into a very long list of accomplishments that had me struggling to figure out what the fuck could I say that wouldn't <laughs> give the game away immediately. Knowing off the bat that saying the line big titty bisexual is all it takes to give it away, today's guest has won state and national burlesque titles, produced sold out shows and at each and every step she has uplifted and promoted local and upcoming talent. Most importantly, of course, above all else, her heart aches to meet Dirty Martini. That's right. It's Sugar Du Jour. How are you, Sugar? Mm, I'm going to be using that for my new bio. Thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. I just steal <laughs> shit from people's Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> just you know what? It it's the most updated info, so why not? That's it. That's it. I try finding stuff on people's website. I'm like, you wrote this in 2012. Yeah. This, is not, this is not valid now. A lot of burly girls' intros are kind of the same. Like, this cheeky little firecracker is going to yep. knock your socks off. The amount off. of times that I've read an intro that's like, she's the sass in cl- class, sassy classy. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. not helpful. So are they all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we've given it away already. So, of course, your question is going to be, why burlesque? Oh, I love this question. And I was just saying uh, to you that I've been listening and been binging your podcast this <laughs> week. And it's it's great hearing people just bang, come out with an answer. And I, I think I overthought it, but it's <laughs> because it's so much fun. It's just so much fun. Uh, and I, I got into it uh, kind of like Minxie was saying when Minxie was saying that she said, oh, I'll just get into it because I need a bit of body confidence and I'll do it for the exercise. Yeah. And I kind of thought, oh, that's going to be a fun thing for me to do as well. Until you see how wonderfully warm and welcome and inclusive it is and how burlesque has changed in that every idea is great. Every idea is great. Yeah. And so it's so welcoming and so um, uplifting and it's just so much fun. <laughs> I love that as an answer because as like an art form, does it have to be anything beyond it just being it's just a bloody good time? Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen, uh, you know, a, a funny or a fun act. When, when, the, when the performer's having fun, I've never seen it not be a bad act. Right. Explain performer not having fun. Well, sometimes. How do you know? You, you know. Oh, you no, and how do you know? I know. <laughs> you, I've been oh, I've been doing this for years, and I know. And you know when you're watching them, and they are looking at the, their feet, or they are shaking, and a good amount of nerves happens. Mm. But when you get a little bit too, and the newbies are, are pretty good at doing this, where they they will just rehearse and rehearse and rehearse, and then the second they have a misstep, everything goes out the window. Their confidence goes. Yeah. They've missed a step. Now they can't remember where they are. And they're not having fun. They're terrified. Yeah. But if you go up there and you make a mistake and you just laugh it off, we laugh with you and it's funny. And it's yeah. Fun. <laughs> yeah. And I think the great part about everything you just said there is just like nobody yeah. understands your mistake except for you. 
Especially in those moments. It's like reading ahead in a book. If you read too far ahead in a book, it's like, well, what's happening now in this moment? Or in music, if you're reading too far ahead on what happens in the next act or the next scene, it's like, well, you're not actually in the now. So making a mistake becomes really, really easy. But nobody knows what's coming or what's been. They're only seeing what's happening now. It's a very wanky way of saying, like, just be present. I know. <laughs> and and again, you know, to be wanky. Mm, uh, it's, it's all the, we do. The yeah. history of burlesque is it's live theatre. Stuff is supposed to go wrong. Mm. And I think we're, we're so used to seeing these polished, beautiful Instagram stories and people wearing outfits that look amazing and photos that are retouched that when you get something live in front of you, sometimes if you mess up, you feel like you've ruined it. And you you never have. For anyone who's watching who's done burlesque, you, you haven't ruined it if you've missed a step. It's fun. The you experience that you give to an audience, um, especially in li- the whole point of live theatre, it, it's like that moment that only the room has with you. The whole point of it being live is that moment of being like, okay, well, this moment is me and these 50 people, these 100 people, yeah. these whatever, and we're having this experience together. And some of the best magic comes from audience interaction. Mm. Uh, oh, this, where, where and you're can, very good at audience interaction. I love it. I love it. I can either make someone feel very – I can make someone giggle or I can terrify someone. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm better at terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what costume you're wearing. Oh, my <laughs> Goodness, I know. Yeah, Trunchbull's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's she's very scary, very intimidating. And then I'll get a lot of people coming up going, "You, I think you're my gay awakening. <laughs> really? From <laughs> Trunchbull? From Trunchbull. I mean, Trunchbull is a queer icon. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, go read a Roald Dahl book. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's Trunchbull. One of, it's one of two. You, you, you've either got that kind of um, Miss Trunchbull thing where you like power and you're a bit scared of, Either maybe you've got a degradation kink. Or, you didn't even or know. You, or yeah. you like someone in power or you just like riding crops. Um, and, of course, I don't play her very ugly when I do it in burlesque. I'll, I'll, do, a, I'll do a pretty trunchbull. <laughs> <laughs> but she's still intimidating as hell. Mm. Or people go for the Miss Honey character. That was everyone's sort of 50-50. Oh, yeah, the protective teacher type. Yeah, yeah. mummy issues. Mm. <laughs> so basically you're sitting there and looking out at your audience and being like, okay, now these people I can play with for this reason and these people I can play with for this reason. Oh, yeah. Or if I um, if I see someone on their phone, that's a really good one because I, oh, I had the best moment at Fringe. Um, I did this act for Sensuality 4, I think. Um, uh, yeah, Sensuality 4. It's all right, I'll just change it in yeah. post. <laughs> sensuality 18. Sensuality, <laughs> insert... Watch one here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I did a quick change reveal. So I come out in this costume and I've got this giant quick change hoop and they have this circle stage at the um, uh, at the Recobite. Yes, yeah, it's like an add-on. Oh, yeah. And I loved it because I could get up on this circle stage in my big circle hoop, do the most amazing reveal from this burlesque outfit into a gimp costume, fully encrusted. And every night I just lived myself because I usually do comedy, but this one was a very pretty moment. Mm. Uh, and you see these gasps and the audience go, wow, and you had a great time. And I looked down one night and a guy who was sitting front row, had his, he was looking at his phone <gasps> and he missed my transformation and I was How so dare. mad. But I just stared at him and he didn't look up and the rest of the audience knew what was going to happen and I jumped down off this circle stage, grabbed his phone, threw it into the middle of the circle stage and gave him a good finger wagging. <gasps> And then and, yes. he, and he left it there. He would not touch the phone until mm-hmm. the end of the performance. And then later on I had to come out and clear the stage and he had his phone again and I went up and I just 
shook my head at him and he said, I'm sorry, I was trying to Shazam the song. <laughs> I like the song so much. Things that could happen later. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally that moment. Yeah, Somebody was... in that gay audience is going to know what that song was. <laughs> he was very sorry. <laughs> Good song though. Good song. Um, okay, so you did mention a little like a moment ago that you are known for mainly doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you feel like typecast in a little bit now, or is that something that you go, well, you know what? No, fuck it, I can embrace both. Oh, I, I would say not really typecast. I would say that that's a that's an, an asset. It's mm. one of my strong points. So if someone's doing uh, doing a lineup and they need a funny funny gal, um, I'm I'm good up there. Um, I get personally a little bit nervous when I don't do comedy ah. but it's something that I flirt with a, a lot where I'm thinking oh you know can I can I get away with this but my my relationship with burlesque is very heavy on the the audience reaction mm. and sometimes when you're doing a dramatic or a, you know a darker performance you don't get the laughs and the reactions mm. that you would usually get with a comedic performance where you can hey if I'm getting a laugh every two minutes I know I'm doing okay and I know yeah. they like it um so yeah, I wouldn't say typecast, but I'd say comedy is a strong point. Comedy is my safe zone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So is it something that like, you know, because you start off in the classes and you're doing all the courses and most of the things, it, most of the time it's not comedy based, it's sexuality. It's about getting in touch with your body, which is all amazing and perfect. Then how did you find your way to comedy and be like, oh, this is juicy. I want to be here. Oh, I'll, I'll put that a hundred percent on my first few teachers. Uh, I, I started doing burlesque and you do, you, you your classics and your beginning mm-hmm. classes, which teach you a very basic concept of what burlesque is. And then you actually go to a burlesque show. And I went and I, I feel terrible because I can't remember the name of this performer's of this performer. I don't think she performs anymore. But I went to a Sugar Blue Burlesque class. That was my first ever class. And I was in the grad show and there was a performer who did uh, a performance to La Freak. Um Good song. And they had this sequined jacket on, you know, a uh, very Rocky Horror Picture Show-esque and beautiful tassel titties. And they took off the jacket and they had like a breastplate boobies on their back <laughs> with tassels. So and good. so they're tasseling from the front, tasseling from the back. The audience is laughing and I'm going, what is this? <laughs> what? You can do that? That's, that's amazing. Um, and then I think one of the first ever solos that I saw was, was Kitty Latour. Mm. And she did um she did a a policeman who turned out to be a bank robber who turned out to be just a pile of gems and jewels and it was so funny and I'm going oh I didn't know we could be funny so then I did um an act to I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts and came out with coconuts you know as a ringmaster <laughs> and my first performance was unintentionally very funny because a lot of stuff went wrong. Ah, this goes back to what you were talking about before. Yeah, so I had a I had a black boa, a feather boa with me, and I had this amazing ringmaster jacket that I had borrowed, and the ringmaster jacket was done up with hook and eyes. Mm. So I take the ringmaster jacket off, and I'm wearing these fishnets, and I go to do like a big swing and throw the jacket away, and the hook gets caught on my fishnet. Oh, no. So it just is hanging off my leg as I'm trying to do the rest of the the number, and I'm oh, so I'm pulling at it, I can't get it untangled. I'm not wearing my glasses on stage. (laughs) 
So I just rip it. And as I rip it, I go to fling it across and the hook gets caught on my other leg. Oh, no. And I've got to do the exact same thing. I'm quicker the next time because I'm going, oh, bugger. <laughs> so I just ripped it. And then I'm thinking, all right, well, I've got two holes in my stockings. So that's fine. I'm going to continue <laughs> with the rest of the number. And I do uh, the routine. I've got this black boa on. I'm wearing it around my arms. And I'm tasseling uh, right at the end. I've got my arms up. I'm thinking, I, you know, I made it through that little mishap mm-hmm. and it's fine. And as I come off stage, a couple of girls come up to me and go, are you okay? Look at your arms. I'm going, what, what's going on with my arms? And anyone who knows a cheap turkey feather boa, <laughs> chicken feather boa. <laughs> yes. Um, all the feathers in my sweaty on stageness had stuck to my underarms. So I had all these beautiful black feathers um, underneath my arms and I was tasseling with my arms up thinking I was the queen of the world. Um, so I was very... You were just with hairy pits. <laughs> I was very embarrassed. <laughs> but you know what? The, the audience loved it and they were laughing and I was laughing and I had a great time and, you know... You couldn't recreate that if you tried. Yeah, and if you come off stage and, you know, it doesn't matter now if, if you had feathers in your armpits or not the act was good (laughs) yeah I mean it kind of goes perfectly because you've got like the two stuck moments which honestly seems like it's planned because I I couldn't try to get a hook and I caught on a pair of fishnets if I was throwing like you know heaps of jackets at it like just one after the other I wouldn't be able to do it but then to also have like the comeuppance of being like and armpit hair it's just very funny and being what the art of burlesque is and being that it's like a parody on the standards of beauty imposed upon women, it almost just goes, it works for you anyway. It's excellent. And now armpit hair is an incredible fashion statement mm. and a lot of performers have it and it's excellent. And there was nothing to be worried about and I didn't, I wasn't worried about it at the end of the day and it was, it was funny. Do you remember when this was, like year-wise, um, just to yes. put like that armpit hair in context? Yeah, it was probably about 2012. Love it. Yeah. So we hated armpit hair. <laughs> so we were, we were, uh, we were reading... We were reading Dolly Girl magazine and shaving everything and, uh, yeah. you know, stick thing bodies. Yeah, you were going into mm. the magazine section. We can't actually afford to buy the magazine, but you rip off the oh, yeah. sealed section just Absolutely. to figure out what weirdos were asking yeah. questions just because, you know, you had those same questions. Get that free lip gloss. <laughs> <laughs> free, you, got, you got free lip gloss. I feel like the only free thing I ever got was a tote bag. Oh, yeah, Dolly love Girl's those tote bags. Bag. Yeah. You could go to the Royal Show later that year. Oh, yeah, with the blow-up furniture. Yeah. <laughs> Decorate your apartment with blow-up furniture. Oh, and then you just move the blow-up furniture around your apartment. Oh, no, around your room. I yeah, which say. is your apartment when, you're you're, when you're 13. It's your apartment, yeah. <laughs> 2012. Oh, no, that makes me far too old. Oh, no, 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 no. no. You can't say that Never because mind. I listened to your last podcast with Serenity and I'll tell you I'm older than the two of you. I know, and I hate Serenity <laughs> for how old, how old they are. It's very upsetting. <laughs> like, it makes me so upset to be like, Oh, this success and wonderment and you're just a baby. <laughs> you're just a child. Just a little baby. Yeah, it's very... I think I think everyone in the, in the burlesque scene, especially in Perth, everyone looks very young though. I think there's there's yes. something to be said for having fun and not worrying about your age keeps you young. Yeah, or maybe just like, you know, not going into a 500, 600 day lockdown. <laughs> it just keeps you youthful and Oh, yeah. Strong. No sunlight on that face. No, not at all. <laughs> Being so isolated from the rest of the world's drama that you sort of just go, I think we're okay. <laughs> oh, just do another face mask and have a glass of wine. <laughs> yes, and then complain about how hard it's been for you, which, I mean, I'm just calling myself out because that's all I did <laughs> the entire time. That's 2012. I know for a fact that I'm probably going to get my dates wrong now that I've said that I know it for a fact, um, that you won your Mixed Burlesque title in 2016. I did, yeah. Yes. Um, 
tell me about that experience. Where we- I'm so glad you asked this because I have so many opinions on it um, <laughs> and I won't shy away from them. Get it. Um, my, uh, my mixed burlesque journey started in 2012 when I did my wow. first ever competition. And, you know, back then this was the only competition, but back then burlesque was quite small. Mm. So it wasn't as scary as you thought because burlesque was still a bit underground. Um, and we had a, you know, we had to do three routines and there was top six and you only got to perform your unique if you got to top six. This is what Kitty was saying and it broke my yeah. heart. And it's and you you know, all you can think about is people working for months and months and months on this gorgeous act in a great costume and then just not having a chance to show it. Yeah. Which was tough. Um, luckily I always made it to top six. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Again, that's what Kitty said as well. <laughs> Gosh, booked Love and blessed. <laughs> <laughs> so um but from then, you know, doing the competition and especially that first year doing mm. it was excellent for me because I work really well with a deadline. If I don't have ah. a deadline, I will faff around and not focus on anything. And it showed me that I could produce three decent routines in a decent amount of time. And then I had a classic which was bookable, something neo and fun which was bookable, and a unique act that I could work on. Yeah. And so it was two seconds. We're just going to yeah. go down through those th- those definitions mm. mean. So classic um, is sort of, what do they call it now, strip yeah, it, classic um, – I think classic kind of still exists. So yeah. classic is, you know, 1940s to 1960s golden era. Bella, uh, no, 1920s to 1960s okay, yep. golden era, um, which is very much more of the traditional bump and grind, striptease, big yeah. band music, um, classic costumes, panels, skirts, tassels and shimmies. Big headdresses, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that that's kind of a classic, which mm. is which is now morphed since the competition and burlesque has grown. Of so, course, yeah. Um, and then neo was new burlesque, so it was it was burlesque. This is kind of the the Dita Von Tee, Sturdy Martini revival, yeah. Where we're giving you um classic moves and maybe classic burlesque shapes, but to modern music um or with modern dance moves thrown in, um or modern concepts like you know. Uh, pop culture and movies and yeah, things so like that. Yeah, so like a lot of elements from like yeah. circus have come in, a lot of like yeah. um, reverse strips come in there, that sort oh, of yeah. thing. Yeah. And drag and magic and all yeah. that, yeah. And then your unique is is something that you as a performer want to kind of be remembered for or put out as this is what I offer and this is my own um, thing that I want to be remembered for. Yes, yeah, so which is a thing that I think is a beautiful idea that it would be terrifying to try and do in 2022 or 2023 I when know. the scene is so large, which is great. I love that the scene mm-hmm. is huge, but it terrifies me that you would have to try and come up with something unique from everybody else yeah. around you now. It's it's um, not impossible. I think pers- it comes down to personality. Yes. I think it comes 100% down to personality um, because every idea has been done. There's, mm. there's not an original idea left in the bunch, um, especially when people try to come out and go, I'm the first person to use a feather fan and no one else can use them now. <laughs> well, you're not actually. The ownership <laughs> of an idea, which is I'm always very funny. the only person to ever do a Jessica Rabbit act and how dare anyone try to be Jessica Rabbit when that's my thing. Of course, Jessica Rabbit's never been done before. Love. <laughs> Everything's been done. Every yes. movie's been done. Every <laughs> reference has been done. But the way you do it and uh, your personality mm. and your creativity, mixing that into it, that'll that'll get you. Love that. Okay, back. Mm. sorry for the yeah. detour on the yeah. definitions train, okay. but back onto your with, story. So with the detour, with my competition journey. Yes. 
I competed in 2013 and 2014. Yeah. And didn't didn't win. I placed in 2014. I came third. Um, but then I needed a break because I mm. thought I've been doing this for a little while. I really enjoy what I'm putting out there and I had some great routines. And I started applying for some festivals. And that year I got into the London Burlesque Festival. Wow. So I said, oh, how amazing. And it was just the most fantastic experience. I got to go over there, meet performers from all around the world, show off my acts and have a great time. And mm. I've made these amazing connections. And I kept getting these messages from other burlesque performers going, oh, is that it? Are you giving up on Miss Burlesque now? Going, no. Oh, interesting. I'm having a break. I'm, ha- I'm focusing. I've got some great acts. I'm having a great time. I'd like to go and do something else. It's not all about winning. Mm. It's not all about having a title. Um, so I had this break over the year of 2015 and really thought about what I wanted to do and who I was as a performer and, and what I wanted to bring. you created brand new acts each time you competed, Every right? single time. So if you don't go out into the world and use them, then what a waste of rhinestones. I know. And I see a lot of performers doing this now where they'll spend ages on a, a costume or a routine and they'll do it for a competition and then they'll get scared and go, oh, well, I didn't win, so that's it. Oh, that's really and it's, sad. Oh, it's devastating. And I was I loved your your chat with Blake Cassette about sort of dad mannerisms and mm. I'm I feel very much like I've got mum vibes in the scene and yes. I, I've got a lot of daughters. So um yeah, just that that giving up was never what I had when I was competing. And you're allowed to have a break and if you want to continue and get something out of it, but I was doing competitions because it pushed me to be better. Ah. Not because I was gonna go and doing it for a title. It was because it pushes you to be a better performer. And and I think there's so much fear placed on competitions now, especially in the Perth scene, mm. where if you if you don't get a good score or you get a little bit of negative feedback, so many performers are going, no, I'm, I'm retiring, I'm not doing it, and I'm not going to compete anymore. And it breaks my heart. It's, it's not about having a title or a win mm. or getting 10 out of 10s. It's about growing as a performer and a lot of people who are competing like we've got newbie competitions now we've got apprentice and a couple of other competitions coming up where all I can think of is you know there there are so many performers now who are too scared to do a beginner competition yeah I'm going it's just like doing a beginner class just go just go and do it you're gonna get something out of it if you can't get anything out of it um other than winning then you shouldn't be competing that's really important because there are other relationships you can make backstage. Uh, you're oh. going to meet all of these incredible judges that yes. we always have sitting in front of you. Um, you're going to build a better understanding of what you need in terms of light, sound and tech. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're just doing classes, yeah. which like, hell yeah, go just do classes forever, yeah. I don't mind. But you'll, you won't learn what it is to be on a stage until you're bloody on one. Absolutely. You get stage experience, pressure. Ex- mm. you, I mean, you would understand pressure experience. And I used to get so nervous and and angry when I wasn't ready on time or if something malfunctioned and I had to go ahead and I'm going, oh, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, or the stage isn't quite right. Mm. You just have to deal with these things. And what better than a beginner competition to kind of get yourself feeling a little bit more comfortable with pressure? Because now I have something. <laughs> I mean, an excellent um, example of this is Betty Bumshell on yeah. the, uh, the last Perth International Burlesque Festival tour, um, or maybe it was the one before, Insert, right, insert date here. <laughs> Betty performed. We performed um, uh, in – it was not Catanning, uh, but it was, a, it was a, a town like that. Insert town here. Catanning, Kalgoorlie. Meriden, a lovely regional <laughs> country town. <laughs> and the music blew. Their speakers blew. And they couldn't, they couldn't figure out how to get it online. 
and they actually sent someone in the audience was like, oh, my dad's got a speaker. I'll bring one from the, from the town. So they'd left to go get a speaker, but we didn't have enough time at the venue. And Betty said, I'll go out with no music. That's fine. Wow. And she did it. And she, you know, she came out and said, well, we've got new music, so you're just going to have to clap and cheer and I'll perform to that. And she did. And it was amazing. And all of us appearing backstage through. And she was cool as a cucumber. Did not, there was not an, a, a, an ounce of stress on her face. Because her craft is at yeah. such a high level. Yeah. Yeah. Then and she's what been else? backstage. She's been through every problem. You need to put yourself through your paces if you want to do this professionally and not get scared. I mean, it is scary every single time. My heart flutters before I go out. But doing a competition will get you so comfortable Yeah, with with being backstage and doing this thing live. And with messing up. Yeah, mess up. <laughs> and with messing up, yeah. Mess up so much. And that being okay, yeah. Yeah. So you, you had this year off. You've got mm-hmm. to perform internationally, which is like an amazing, just like another thing to tick off the list of great things you've done. Very rad. Um, and then you decide to come back and to compete again. I did. I did. I, I got an immense um, feeling of um, that, like um, validation mm. from from without not having a title um, and then uh, going in and applying for London and actually getting all of my acts accepted in London. Wow. So I said, well, you know what? I'm happy with what I've got. Let's give it another go. I'm going to give it another go. I still think that I'd, I'd like to give it a go. Um, and I had a really long think about burlesque and reveals and I uh, I did a, a classic that I'm very proud of that apparently doesn't exist according to a lot of good girlfriends of mine. Doesn't exist. Yep. I, get, I get this a lot where, where people go, oh, Sugar's never done a classic. I've never seen Sugar do a classic. Really? But I, I've got two crowns that say my classic was one of the best. So <laughs> I've got the paperwork that says yeah, otherwise. I've got the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I loved my Neo, which is now one of my signature acts, which is the shape number, yep. um, which uh, is a huge and cumbersome costume, but is an amazing number and uh, I love it. Um, and then I did this uh, reveal Quick change, not quick change, um, sort of switcheroo, Twilight Zone yes, themed. which I have seen. Yeah, which I don't get a lot of opportunities to perform because I need a stage as big as the Astor or mm. a stage with backstage, uh, you know, um, capabilities for me to run backstage. And another human. Yeah, and another <laughs> human who looks just like me. Uh, <laughs> um, Siblings we could rope in. And yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, my brother would be down for it. Yes. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so, but that was so much fun and I had the best time and it was such a, a wonderful, warm backstage environment too, because I'd competed with, I think everyone, uh, before and we all loved each other and, and, you know, I'm hot gluing my costume the day of yeah. <laughs> thinking I'm just, I'm happy with what I've done. Mm. Um, and I was, I was very lucky to win and it was absolutely one of the best moments of my life. I love that. It's such a beautiful little full circle moment. And I think we'll go to our little ad break here. Um, We'll come back and I really want to know about what you want to see in the burlesque scene moving forward. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back. I'm still sitting across from the incredible Sugar Joe and just having a really giggly little time here. Still. We've done our best work actually off mic. I know. I shouldn't turn the <laughs> microphones off. I need to just like start being one of those really sneaky lies. And we're taking a break. Oh, we took oh, a break. No. Yeah, just have the mics keep going because, oh, unfortunately you've missed so much. <laughs> Name drop everyone you hate. Yeah, that's all. Oh, yeah, off air. Off air. Off air you missed. We, we just listed all the people we hated, <laughs> all the houses we're going to burn down oh, later. So excited. <laughs> all the ideas I'm going to rip off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All of the characters that already existed in a different canon that you're going to take ownership of I now. think I'm I'm going to do Fairy Godmother next. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know if that's been done before. I do have the hair, though. So if you want the hair, you can borrow it. <laughs> you can pry it out of my cold, dead hands. Somebody's <laughs> got to take it. I never get to do it anymore. <laughs> I digress. The things that we let's continue whinging because it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about this current scene because obviously, with all of the experience that you've had, so what do you want to see in it moving forward? How can we improve what's already happening there? Yeah. Um, I, I love the chat that you had with Serenity about this one too because Serenity is an absolute pioneer for mm. inclusion. So top of the list always has to be inclusion. Um, you know, more performers of colour, more disabled performers, um, more body types um, on stage. Everyone needs to be included. Minxie as well was having a chat about, you know, I, I got knocked back for the show because there are three AFAB white comedic uh, comedy comedy queens so yeah, yeah no yeah and so, that's totally yeah. fine yeah. Bro- broadening the horizon and making everyone feel welcome and I think that a step towards doing that is by not making success so elite and mm. this is where my love hate relationship with competitions comes into it okay and I I find that um, healthy competition there's a lot of great pros which we've had a chat about and there are a lot of cons um, so you know. Uh, competition starts becoming way too scary newbies don't feel like they have a place to perform because they're too scared to be judged and do a competition because they can't handle that kind of pressure Mm. and then with the addition of there you know there's been chats of new competitions entering because uh, some performers think that there is a gap between you know doing a beginner competition like apprentice and then doing something like mixed burlesque and you know there really shouldn't be there, there really shouldn't be a need to be filled there yeah that's not just for entertainment purposes if it's to get more titles and to get more winners I think that's going to be detrimental to our scene I kind of worry when it comes to us continuing to put on competitions too because I uh, as somebody who like oh there's always a singing competition always some somebody's doing a singing competition and a lot of the time the person running that singing competition is doing it because they don't need to pay the people on the stage. <gasps> and I know that that sound, like, might sound like really stingy, but if you keep creating competitions where the people who are working their asses off creating new costumes, creating new acts, creating r- new routines mm. without paying any of them, then you've just put on a really great night of content, yeah. upset uh, 95% of the people there because they didn't win um, and given one person a sash, which obviously you probably got for 100 bucks. So yeah. you've, you've made bank but your artists haven't 
been appreciated in the same way. So I don't know if we need to fill that gap. No, no. And I I think Apprentice does an excellent job of being Mm. a starting out competition. But because burlesque has gotten so big, you know, a competition like Apprentice is now becoming a thing, is becoming, you know, your step. And then you do mixed burlesque and then you are a performer and it shouldn't be like that there's Mm. no step-by-step thing that says you can be successful you are successful with or without doing a competition you don't have to do a single competition and you if you feel like you want to keep doing burlesque you will be successful if you put your heart and your soul and you the the work yeah you don't need to do the step and step and do this because there are yeah there are some amazing performers who are stuck in beginner competitions because they are too scared to reach for mixed burlesque and it can bring you so much joy it, you know it, it brings you together as a community it makes you a better performer it gets you used to being critiqued in a healthy way you're not mm. gonna get torn to shreds yeah. <laughs> nobody would like survive yeah. by writing you out a big long thing of yeah. oh i hate you and this is why as a judge i'd never go that was shit i hated it your costume's ugly get off the stage you yeah. know i'd never do that uh, the worst you'll probably get is you know i've seen this idea of a, a few too many times or if you know i've seen this idea a bit think of a way that you can put your own personal spin on but it. even that isn't telling them to throw yeah. the idea in the bin yeah, yeah absolutely and and a lot of the time the critique will come from just more stage experience which means you know hey you look a bit sh- shaky don't have to worry about one two three four five six seven eight just stop for a second and have fun and you know pop a titty out yeah, because that's all we wanted to see was <laughs> yeah. a titty just a singular lob yeah. of a breasticle yeah yeah, yeah. i do love how you were mentioning the fact that people think that it's path-based. Mm. In the arts, I think that, especially if you're doing the arts full-time or if you're just like sticking in your neck out for the first time yeah. in it, you go, oh, but how do you do this? What are the yeah. steps? What are the rules? How do I get to quote-unquote successful? Which mm-hmm. is like a strange thing to talk about anyway because success is defined differently by everybody. Oh, absolutely. But to sit there and go there is a path and A plus B gets you mm-hmm. to here. That's just not how the arts work and no. I'm really sorry. <laughs> and, and a lot of performers uh, in the scene, new performers, also find, uh, you know, a mentor and will latch onto that person and go, no, 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 I only do classes here or I only do classes with this person ah. and I don't do classes with anyone else. And it really should be go and see everyone because you won't learn the same things from Lucy Lovegun that you will learn from Kitty Latour or that you'll learn from Amelia Kisses that you will have so many or that you'll learn from a drag performer Mm. and separating the scene you know into this is burlesque and this is drag and this is circus go to all of it go and support every single artist go to every single class go and have fun because it's all going to tie back in together yeah and you will be a better performer by going and seeing everyone in their element and learning what you can because there is so much to learn. And as in, as incredible as your mentor might be in whatever field you're in, yeah. you're not trying to be them. No. So you kind of have to get off that tit at some point. And you don't get brownie points for being a suck-up. No. <laughs> Mayday. No, you, <laughs> the only thing you actually are doing is lining the pockets of that one individual incredibly well, which is like, yeah, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Spread the money around a little bit. Go to more classes. See more art. Honestly, honestly, there, there's going to be so many amazing things that you learn from, from different shows and different people. And if you keep going to the same classes with the same teacher, you you won't grow um, as well as you would if you went and spread the love around everywhere. And you know what else that does? That gives more money to the arts um, and more money to different different performers. Yeah, yeah, which can, again, this 
pathway of sort of the inaccessibility and all of that goods, all of those yeah. lovely little buzzwords that we keep throwing out there today. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- these are the things that make or break that. The competition becomes inaccessible when only only people who can afford to be a part of it are a part of it or only people yeah. who can have the shiniest costume or can have the best this or the biggest headpiece of that or whatever the hell or could pay to go see Mm -hmm. the last person who won the title and get all of the tips from them or all of that stuff. That's when inaccessibility comes into part of it, which is the root of all evil and also not what burlesque is about. Yeah, and it's not about fear and it's not about intimidation and it's not about judging one person better than the other Mm -hmm. or this person's the best at this now. It's not about that. It's, It's about having fun and getting out there. And giving it a shot. And I'll tell you right now, if you're a person, a performer who has not competed and you think that no one knows who you are because you haven't competed, you are absolutely wrong. There are so many amazing performers I've seen out there who I haven't seen compete. And I'm looking forward to seeing them compete if they decide that that's what they'd like to do. But you're not forgettable or unmemorable just because you haven't gone for a title or for a competition yet. That's Mm. not how it works. How do you balance those two competing concepts in your head where about competition, literally the definition is to be like we're ranking people mm-hmm. and what you were just saying before about it being like it's not about somebody being better than the other mm-hmm. person. Those two ideas you would think are competing. I would say it's about, uh, you know, honing in your skills as a performer and as as you get judged, we as judges aim to give you the tools to level up your style. Mm-hmm. So there are performers who are Incredibly sexy, incredibly sexy, um, have amazing bodies and know how to move them, but then they've got nothing in the face, absolutely <laughs> nothing, like a dead fish. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, I love this. You can bend, you can split, you can, uh, you know, flip, but not a single smile crosses your face. <laughs> and then how do you compare that to someone who is a comedic performer mm. who comes out and does slapstick and is funny who is excellent in the face and nails the music and the musicality and has a great act idea but maybe doesn't have the costume resources and it kind of looks like you're just wearing a Kmart set and you're you know and things aren't as polished you know stockings rolling down you can't judge those two performers on the same level you can only give them the tools that that you can see that would level them up as a performer so you know I forget the original question, but you get where no, I'm going. No, I actually <laughs> love that answer. I think that that's really good. And because of the summary game, which I continue to play yeah. here, it's it's about leveling up you. You're in competition, if you want to use that word, with yourself. Yeah, you, sh- you should only ever be in competition with yourself. And you need to go into a competition thinking, I'm going to get out of this something for me. And you will get mm. that from your feedback. And you can go up to any judge and go, hi, can I have a one-on-one? Can I chat? with you about how how you felt um, and you will get so much more out of it and go, great, I know I need to work on costume or I know I need to work on face. And they will give you one element to work on and they will also give you, you know, a sandwich of compliments and go, you're excellent at this. You're great at this. You're mm. going to get so many compliments. Everyone gets a compliment when you do a competition. It's not as scary as we think and that's because obviously you've judged before as well that's something that oh yeah she oh, just yeah. mouthed oh yeah oh really, yeah really, really <laughs> just a few times just a Bang. couple of times um so your experience as a judge obviously differs incredibly to your experience as a competitor is that something that you go okay I'm really glad that I competed so I can like take value and know what these people need from me right now 100 percent, absolutely 100 percent. as a competitor be selfish you know, mm. do it, do it for you. As a judge, be generous. 
um, in the information and the scores and what you can give. I got some really lovely feedback from Amelia Kisses, who's competing for Mixed Burlesque this year. And when she competed, I judged her previously. And she said, you know, it's intimidating when you're performing to a panel of judges. But I was always the one who was screaming and cheering, <laughs> you know. I don't hold my cards to my chest. I yeah. enjoy the whole routine. Um, and you want to make your performer up there feel as, as welcome as possible. All I could think of was like those judges on like those Master Chef shows where mm-hmm. it's like, mm, don't tell them that I'm yeah. having a food orgasm right now. I'm really enjoying this, yeah. but don't let them know. And you're just yeah. like, I'm having a great time. Me with three glasses of champagne, like, it's just beautiful. <laughs> I'll give you some Shana, feedback later. Shana, I feel like all of my scores have probably just been stricken from the mixed burlesque record because I'm like, yes, yeah, it's a 10. That's another 10 out of 10. <laughs> it's, 10 it's 9.5 and then it's 10. <laughs> we round up here. We have another sh- 10 champagnes. So. <laughs> it's, it's just your wine order. It's not actually yeah. the scores for the artist at all. <laughs> 10 for the Chardonnay. I'm having a great time. I don't know what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> On having a great time, we started to touch on what we'd like to see massaged into the scene a little Mm. bit more, um, that maybe we'd like to give a little bit more grace into people not having feeling the pressure to compete but also not thinking that competing is the be-all and Mm. end-all of their existence. Is there anything else you'd like to see in the scene? Um, Dead air. (laughs) I cut it it out. (laughs) Uh, No, I think that that where we're going, we're in the right direction. I'd like to see less fear. That's that's I'd like to see more inclusivity and less fear. Explain that one for me. Just uh, I mean exactly what I was having a chat about before mm. with competitions. People are scared of where they sit. They're scared of doing their first ever performance, which everyone is, and you should be uh, <laughs> for your first <laughs> ever performance. But scared of succeeding, um, scared of doing well, scared of putting something new out there that you've never done, um, scared of challenging an idea, or maybe scared of stepping on someone's toes. You know, oh, I don't want to wear a red costume because this other performer has a red costume you can just email them and message them but anyone who's gatekeeping a red costume mm. needs to be 86 from the scene 100 percent. yeah i think we've okay you've mentioned this a couple of times now so i'm just going to fully dig my claws in a, a little a little bit um the idea of gatekeeping and ownership over a character a color a costume a name a thought a concept um in burlesque, when we just said at the start of this episode that every bloody thing has been done before, can you go a little deeper into that for me? Oh, uh, look, gatekeeping is everywhere in burlesque. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, personally, I've seen it a lot of the times. I've had performers come to me and go, hey, um, I'm worried about uh, offending someone because I want to do something that has a, a phone prop and this person has a phone prop. Uh, and they will send a message and say, hey, is it okay that I use a phone? And they're like, actually... It's not okay because I only did that a year ago and this act is really important to me uh, and you can't do I it. I love phones. I love <laughs> phones. Um, you know, it's not, not specifically yeah. a phone prop. The prop will rename a free name. <laughs> the, prop, <laughs> the prop will remain anonymous. <laughs> or a costume or a colour. Or um, Recently it's been characters. Mm. People going, hey, I want to do a character from this movie but someone else does it. And there's a kind of, you know, traffic light system of safety. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if it's a pop culture character, it's going to be a green light. Anyone can do a Jessica Rabbit. Anyone can do a Star Wars character. You yes. know, there's there's no one who owns a character other than George Bloody Locus. Um, <laughs> he gave it all to Disney. <laughs> and he's not giving us permission, so he should be screwed. <laughs> um, you know, I don't own Trunchbull. Mm. Anyone can do a Trunchbull. I'd advise you against it. 
Because of the but, uh, comparison thing? I mean, I, well, uh, this is where the traffic light system comes mm. into play. So, you know, pop culture character, it's a green light. You can pretty much do it. If you've got uh, someone doing that pop culture character in Australia and you're from Australia, then you probably want to reach out and go, hey, um, I just want to check that my routine is different from yours if I haven't seen it. Are, is our music the same? What does your costume look like? I want to make sure that mine is differed as much as possible to mm. yours. Um, and then there's, and that's kind of an orange light. Yep. And then there's a, a red light where, you know, this is a person from your town, uh, possibly a burlesque sister of yours, who's got a character going, I'm going to do a Jessica Rabbit routine. I'm going, you know what? I'm going to do a Jessica Rabbit routine as well. And I'm going to use the same song. <laughs> and it's and it tr- will also be a reverse strip. Sorry, Autumn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's mine now. It's mine. Um, yeah. But I mean, that, that's an amazing way that Autumn puts her own spin on it. Yeah does do a reverse strip that's exceptional that's something and then you know if you are doing a reverse strip and you're in the same town or in the same country then you kind of want to you want to make sure that you're bringing something a bit different that's when you're kind of stepping on someone's toes but if you have an act that's yours you can't tell someone no you can't do it you you have Mm. to be open to the fact that if you do a pop culture character in burlesque Someone else is going to do it. Bef- someone else has done it before you, yes. and someone's going to do it after you. Yes, and every Michael Bublé song and every James oh. Bond character has been done to death, and we will continue oh to see them and clap for them. Yeah, I mean, I think that the best way of going about it is like, say, someone else wanted to do a Miss Trunchbull routine, mm. is send me a message and go, "Hey, I'd like to do a Miss Trunchbull routine. You know, what have you got in yours? If they haven't seen it, and I can send them a video and go, "This is this is what I've got. Um, if you want to steer away from the military." looking costume, do the sport trunch ball, you know, get um, get mm. some, uh, you know, uh, shot puts, do something like that. Do something with cake. I don't do anything with cake on stage. Like a character has many facets and you yes. can, you can, you can explore that and I don't own it. Um, and all I can say to a lot of newbies because, you know, it has happened in the scene in Perth where a newbie has said, I'd like to do a character and they've kindly approached an older or wiser burlesque performer who may be established with that character and they've gone absolutely not you'll not be doing that character because it's mine oh ouch um and that scares the performer it doesn't make them want to come and see burlesque shows it doesn't make them want to try new things and it makes them deathly afraid of performing um or asking performers permission or you know putting the feelers out so you you need to be you need to be aware that every act has been done before you need to do your research if you ever want to do a pop culture character but you can't gatekeep. Yeah. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. It's in something that is entrenched in parody. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's very funny that we would still be gatekeeping it at all. I know. It's just a bit of fun. Yeah. Especially if you're only performing it in Perth and you're not going anywhere with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can go places now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah. You can now. So on that, we'll just backtrack and say no trunch ball, right? Is that... That's where we're getting at. Here. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. Bottom of the line is, don't do trunchbull. Mm-hmm. Um, I will come to your house. We had a conversation with Roald Dahl. Mm-hmm. He's dead, but we talked to him. He has actually um made me co-author. Oh, um, I've spoken great. to his ghost. Uh, we're married. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> that sounds terrible. What a bad time. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you're gonna do a pop culture character, um, be prepared for everyone to send you every single meme about that pop culture. Mm. I get tagged daily in Trunchbull memes, and I'm like, oh, seen it, <laughs> seen it, seen it, guys. 
Every, has everyone been tagging you because there is a new yep. version of Matilda? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring on the YouTube, um, uh, you know, clips. Love it. I'm excited. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see it in full getup. Yes. <laughs> Not even at like a good cinema, though. You're just like going down to your local. Yeah. <laughs> your local Hoyts. Go to Reading. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that this has like been perfect. Do burlesque because it's fun and don't bloody gatekeep anybody yeah. else who's trying to have a good time. Yeah, and do competitions and also don't do competitions if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> do everything, do nothing. Yep. I don't know. We yeah. don't care. Do it all and do none of it. Great. And do it well, but also be shit. <laughs> that's not – that's okay. Okay, do it well, do it poorly, do it now, don't do it ever. Do trunchbull, don't do trunchbull. Um, have a good and a bad time. It's very simple. That's the summary. <laughs> That's the summary of Sugar Du Jour, everyone. Yeah. Well, um, I can't thank you enough for being on the podcast today. This has been a real hoot, a lovely little treat for me. Um, tell everybody where they can find you online. Yes, you can find me. Uh, all my socials are Sugar Du Jour. That is spelled um, S-U-G-A-R uh, space D-U space J-O-U-R-E. Um, no one knows how to spell my name, so I'm going to spell it <laughs> Um, I'm very responsive on the Facebooks and the Instagram, so um, definitely check them, me out yeah. there. When I when I eventually get a website, uh, you'll be able to find me there too. Um, <laughs> great. Yeah, but that, that's that's all I've got in the works at the moment, yeah. Great. You'll find all of um, Sugar's links in the show notes today. Um, and thank you, everyone, again for listening to WA Expose. I'll see you next week. We didn't leave. This is very important. At the start of the episode, I talked about Dirty Martini and I did not get the story from I you. Know. So let's go. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, this is a cautionary tale and it's called Be a Fangirl. Um, so I have loved Dirty Martini uh, my whole life. That That is one of the reasons why I got into burlesque. Dirty was one of the first performers I ever saw. Uh, not live, just on YouTube. Um, and then Dita started touring. And it was nuts. And uh, I went and saw Dita's first show that Dirty wasn't in. And then Dita announced that she was coming back and Dirty was in the show. And I didn't buy tickets. I I, I didn't realise Dirty was in the show and I didn't buy tickets. They'd sold out and I was devastated. And everyone I knew was going to go see the show and I was absolutely spitting feathers. So I was performing at Fringe at the time and I was doing a show called Stick 'Em Up. And that finished really late at about midnight. And this was the time where we had a big artist bar. Mm. So after you finish your go, then you'd go and have some bevs and get a bit litty at the artist bar. <laughs> and I had finished um, a really good run of stick em up and I was on a high and I go out to check my phone and get changed. And I've got messages, missed calls, everyone in my inbox going, dirty martini is at the artist bar. Get here now. And I'm going, oh, no. dirty martini's at the artist bar. And I had panic attack and I'm freaking out because I'm going, I've got to get there. I've got to get there before she goes. I've got to meet costume? her. I'm still in costume, still in full wig. I was going to get changed. I thought, no, I'm not. This was at the, the, the is it Russell Russell Square Gardens where the – Yeah, you know, let's say yes. Yeah, it's Why at not? the insert gardens here um, <laughs> place. Did you mean Pleasure Gardens? Yeah, Pleasure Gardens. Yeah, yeah. Is, it, is it Russell Square? Russell something? Anyway, Pleasure Gardens. And mm. I've got to get all the way back up to the cultural centre where the – Oh, shit. Yeah, where the, the artist bar is. It's midnight. It's a Saturday night so in Northbridge. Mm. So I've got a suitcase. So quiet. I'm dragging a suitcase. I'm in full slap, full corset. I'm, I've not gotten out of my costume. I'm going, I'm, I've got to go now. Mm-hmm. And I've got a group of people with me going, oh, my goodness, what are you going to say? And I'm going, oh, no, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to say. Oh, my God. What, oh, God. oh, I'm going to meet her. Oh, So I, I finally get to the artist bar and it's like when you know you found someone hot back in the day and you'd tell your friend and your friend would be pointing at them so we saw (laughs) dirty um surrounded by the rest of the cast of Dita's show sans Dita obviously um and 
everyone's pointing at me and pointing at Dirty Martini going, she's there, she's there. And I'm going, I can see her. I've got eyes. I can see her. And they're like, go say something. She's there. And I'm going, just stop it, stop it, stop it. I need to go up in my own time. And I thought there's one of two things. I can go up and I can be really fun and excited and be very fangirly and just go, oh, my Mm. God, I love you so much. Can I get a photo? You're amazing. Mm, Big fan. This is why I do burlesque. Or I can try and play it cool and I can go in. And I decided I was going to try and play it cool. Oh, no. (laughs) So I tell everyone to kind of get away from me and let me do my own thing. And they're like, all right, all right, all right. Just going to go make a move. After all the pointing, there's no way you can play it I know, I know. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Has she noticed? Uh, Maybe she's not noticed. Anyway, I just sort of saunter over and, and sidle up next to her and I was like, oh, you're, you're Dirty Martini. And she's like, yes, hello. And I'm like, hi, I'm, a, I'm Sugar. I'm, a, I'm another performer, another burlesque performer in Perth. Um, uh, yeah, just doing a show. How did your show go? Was uh, was Perth audience nice? Were, were they good? Yeah, it can be a bit rough, isn't it? Yeah. And Dirty's like, no, it was lovely. Yeah, the, the show was amazing. Audience was lovely. And I'm like, yeah, oh, good. Yeah, good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're just having a chill, just having a chill now. And she's like, yeah, just enjoying and meeting everyone just I'm like yeah 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 well look have a great have a great night have a good rest um and uh and yeah enjoy Perth and uh yeah see you around and then I just walked away no I, I, oh, I hate this I'm heartbroken I was like you sounded like a twat I was so stupid I tried to be cool and nonchalant thinking she'd want to talk to me because I was like, yeah, I'm an artist too. Yeah. No, nope, didn't know who At I was. At the artist bar, you know, because yep. no one. <laughs> didn't get a photo with her. Um, didn't get to have a DNM about how she was one of my favourite performers. I just tried to play it cool thinking she'd want to talk to me. You and of course, now. No. And of course she wouldn't want to talk to me because I'm like, yeah, how was your show? Oh, it was good. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And you so, couldn't even turn that around to be like, no. by the way, I'm your biggest fan because no. you, you went too casual. I went too casual thinking that was the right way to go about it. And I think about it every day of my life <laughs> <laughs> and I'm never going to live this down. I'm never going to live this down. And all I can hope is that she just doesn't remember me, which hopefully she won't. So that eventually when I do meet her properly, I can go up and go, I love you so much. <laughs> I think you have to tell her this story. I'm going to. I will. I, I mean, when I when I've hooked her as a friend, uh. <laughs> this is the moment. My four listeners, my mum, mum, if you're listening, when you are listening, can you please contact Dirty Martini because yeah. she, she want to know how to do that. Um, everyone share this podcast to Dirty. No, don't because don't. I'm, I'm get the second embarrassment is she's not going to know and she'll be like, oh, okay. Like, I met I met about eighty four people that night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one you were. I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah. At midnight in in the artist bar when everyone's drunk and coming up and saying how much they love her, of yeah. course. And then maybe, maybe she would remember you. Yeah, I met eighty four people who love me, and then this one idiot who yeah. hated me. Yeah, some random who was just like, "Yeah, did you have a good show?" Like we knew each other, and then just walked away. Yep. <laughs> you know what? Um, you make mistakes, but now. I've learned to fangirl. So um, since then, if I ever meet someone I'm really excited to meet, just go nuts. <laughs> and you know what? Well, let's full circle this for just a moment. Your biggest point was how people needed to get over the fear. Yeah. And then the fear stopped you from doing something you it really bloody did. wanted to do. And can you imagine? And this was like pre-pandemic and then the pandemic happened. And can you imagine, you know, I may never get the chance to meet her and I wasted it. So don't let fear stop you. Go and be dorky and be weird and go and tell people you love them. (laughs) And that's it. That's the show. (laughs) 
WA Expose is an independent production. Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA Expose. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.